So we've been having these journey conversations. Uh, if, if any of you have been here for any length of time, we've uh, been talking about walking together and what that looks like. And we have these conversations uh, with, with just a few points just to help you kind of start a conversation. But uh, it, it's called the walking together. And uh, we've been kind of walking through that on Sunday mornings. Um, and in those conversations, you know, we've talked about who am I? You got to understand who you are and whose you are. And then once you do, what's important to you? And uh, this, this next conversation, this conversation we're going to have today is the most important conversation you'll ever have with yourself and, or with somebody else. What if I told you, uh, what if I told you I got the answer to 100% of your problems? This sounds like a self-help sermon, but it's not. Because I promise you ain't going to like the answer. Uh, But the title of uh, this conversation or this message is I Give Up. What does it mean to give up? Right. That's the answer to the majority of your problems. If you'll give up and surrender and give them to God... I promise you he'll help you with them. Just most of the time we're not willing to because of being uncomfortable or wanting things more than God, whatever the case may be. Uh, And that's just kind of where we've landed today. Surrender. Give up. Surrender means to give up, submit, to give in, to give it to God, to say, God, you know better than I do. And a lot of times, whatever your problem is, you're not willing to do that, right? Because you, when you submit, when you surrender, when you give something over to somebody, what are you doing? You're giving up control. You're saying, I don't want this, you take it. Galatians 2.20 is, is our verse of Scripture, and, and Paul talks about this and and with surrender in mind we're going to read it and um this is the csb version and i encourage you to follow along on the screen or if you have your own bible Uh, but galatians 2 20 says i have been crucified with christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me the life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me We're going to break that down a little bit, but before we do, let's pray. God, thank you just uh, for this morning, everything you've already done this morning, the conversations that have been had, the time with you, dear Lord. Thank you for just giving me an opportunity and the privilege to share your word and how much you love us and, and what you did for us. And dear Lord, just help us to surrender right here and right now and just open our eyes and ears to whatever you have to say and to have the faith, dear Lord, to step out whenever you do speak, whenever you do call on us, dear Lord. And I just pray that right here in this moment that we would just uh, be receptive, be submissive to what you have to say and what you're asking us to do and to know that uh, when we step out, dear Lord, you're going to put that firm foundation under us. Uh, Help us just to receive what you got to say help me to get out of the way and and god just thank you for the privilege of just being able to share your word Uh, i look forward to what you're going to do i love you amen
I have been crucified, is what Paul says. I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, in studying for this, it was, it's funny. Um, what does crucified mean? Does anybody know what crucified means? To crucify someone means to, to put to death, to crucify, to put to death. Uh, it's funny, if you look up the Greek word, if you look up that Greek word, right, it, the way Paul is using it, crucified with is more of a phrase than a word. It's not just crucified. It's attached to with. And when the Pharisees, when Jesus is, is uh, at the end of the Gospels, when Jesus is standing trial before Pilate and, and the whole crowd, and, and Pilate asks him, what do you want to do with him? And they say, crucify him. They say it two or three times. It's the same root word, but they're saying put him to death. And what Paul is saying here is, I have been crucified alongside of. It's a phrase. It means the same thing, but Paul is saying, I died with Christ. I didn't just add him to my life. I died alongside of him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. In Matthew 16, 24, and 25, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples, and, and this is what he says. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. So guess what happens when you die to yourself? You're born again. You have a new birthday. Uh, I, over the past month, we have been so blessed just to be a part of... Over the past month, I think there's been around 22 people that have been baptized because they decided to surrender and they decided to take up their cross and to die to themselves and to be born again, to have a new birthday, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that that's just a one-time thing. Jesus says, take up, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me every day. Not just that one, it's not just a one-time thing. Crucifixion is to put to death. Because when you die to yourself and you surrender, when you give up, when you say, all right, God, I don't want this anymore. And you let God save you, you find yourself because you figure out who you're truly supposed to be because if any of you believe that God is who He says He is, He created everything, right? That means He created you. So the person that created for you has got something for you to do and a purpose for you. And when you're living outside of that, you're always looking for something, right? And you notice whatever your God is, I got two little girls, six-year-old and a three-year-old. And sometimes the TV tells them what to worship. Whatever they're watching, you know, whatever you're influenced by, that tells you what, what your God is that week, whether it's uh, Bluey, I don't know, y'all don't know some of these new TV shows, or, or whether it's uh, Paw Patrol or whatever. Whatever they're saying is whatever you're worshiping. When you die to yourself and you surrender and and, and you tell the creator of the world that I am yours and you are mine and you have that purpose that those gods 
when you start following them, you start to realize that those, those things don't satisfy. And you have to find something else. You have to jump to something else. And, and before you know it, if you have, have anybody alongside of you, they'll point out to you that, well, I thought this was your God. Why'd you move to something else a month later? Or you're, maybe you're using things to just suppress the truth, to just not even have to think at all. You have to answer that. You have to ask that. But only God satisfies and only Jesus can save. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified alongside of Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Jesus gave himself up. Jesus surrendered himself. He is the example. We want to be more like Christ. Those who believe in Christ and receive Christ, you have decided you wanted to be more like Christ, right? Well, guess what Christ did? He died. In Luke 22, 41 and 42, it says, Then he withdrew himself about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Even Jesus, who was fully God and fully human, admitted that he didn't want to do what he had to do, but he knew. He knew. In his prayer, he says, God, I don't want to do this. Take it away from me. But nevertheless, it's your will, not mine. Do you say that? Do you do that? Do you pray like that? How many of you do stuff you don't want to do? It's never wrong to express your true feelings in prayer. God wants you to. I, for some reason, I think sometimes we feel like uh, uh, prayer is more of a ritual than an actual conversation. And you think, well, if I come to God with these requests or if I say it a certain way, it's almost like a magic spell or a... I don't know, you know, God just wants to hear from you. And God wants to hear your heart, and God already knows your heart. So if God already knows what you're thinking, why are you so scared to tell Him? Why are you so scared to tell Him, i got a problem. I don't know how to fix it. I need you to fix it. I need you to tell me what to do. Jesus, who we are trying to be more like, right, says, if you're willing, take this away from me, because I don't want to do it. I know what i got to do, but I don't want to do it. And what happens? Let me find it. This is a new Bible, so it takes me a little longer to flip. What happens in verse 43? After he prays, in verse 43, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. When he surrendered, when he submitted, when he gave up and said, God, I don't want to deal with this, but nevertheless, it's your will, not mine. Guess what happened? God gave him strength. Do you pray like that? It's his will, not ours. And when, the sooner you realize that, the better off you'll be. I promise. Because when you start trying to do things for yourself and you start worrying about yourself and you start trying to 
feel yourself, there's always going to be a hole. You're never going to be satisfied because only God can satisfy. So if you're a believer, you notice, right? It's funny, Paul in his letters seems to constantly have to remind the people that know this. These people have already, some of these people even got to see Jesus. Some of these people even got to experience when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, Acts, when the church first started. And I, I, some, have y'all ever made the excuse, well, the reason I don't believe like that is because I didn't get to see like that and we didn't get an experience like that. So I have a better excuse than they do. Paul, in the first chapter of Galatians, has to say, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by grace, by the grace of Christ, and are turning to a different gospel. In Galatians, Paul writes that whole letter because there's these Judaizers, these Jews coming back and trying to say that it's the law that saves you, not Christ. And Paul constantly has to remind people, did you forget what Christ did? And did you forget that only Jesus saves you? And it's really simple. It ain't easy, but it's simple. Submit, surrender, give it up. So if we know the answer to the question, what do we do? What are we supposed to give up? You got to ask that. You got to ask yourself. You got to get in a position to be able to receive it, though. When you pray, do you do you go away by yourself? Do you go do you go away by a stone's throw? You know how far you can throw a rock. That's pretty far away. Do you get in a position to be able to hear God, or do you just drown yourself out with stuff? So you don't have to think or so you don't have to hear. And you just keep going and going and going. It's funny. Uh, I've told this story before and it's hard for me to tell, but uh, I'm going to tell it. Um, my dad was an alcoholic. And uh, so much so that he died when he was 40. Had cirrhosis of the liver. I've never heard of anybody dying that young from that and uh, I prayed for him every day for uh, for about 10 years I prayed same prayer and uh, God answered him and um, it wasn't the way I wanted, but God answered it. See, my dad got saved when he before he married my mom because my grandpa was a Baptist preacher and explained to him and told him before he was going to marry his daughter, he needed to be saved. So he got saved in February of 1989. My mom was the preacher's daughter who got pregnant senior night of prom. And... Uh, you know, in the 80s, that was the customary thing to do. You need to get married if you're getting pregnant. <laughs> and uh, when you're a child of God, He calls you back to you, Himself. 
And if even he loves you so much that even if you do not listen to him, he brings you home. And that's what he did with my dad. And he answered that prayer. And it wasn't the way I wanted, but I don't worry about my dad anymore. My dad's not hurting anymore. He's not hurting himself anymore. He's not hurting anybody else anymore. And he's home because he was a child of God and God loves you that much. But you don't have to live your life that way. But just know that if you keep trying to fill yourself with stuff that never satisfies and you're a child of God, he's going to call you home if you keep on and on and on and on because he loves you. And he's like, well, well, Neil, that was my dad's name. Obviously, you can't handle this world, so I'm just going to have to bring you home. It took me a long time to realize that. But you know why? how I realized that? Because I started asking him. And I was mad at him. And I told him. I've already cried <laughs> once this morning. Um, and you'll see why here in just a minute. Uh, but what are, what are we to give up? What are you to give up? Only you know that. And God knows that. God knows your heart. He just wants you to, to come to him and tell him. Whatever that is. Is it worth your life? Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're not willing to surrender, is it worth your life? Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we might not so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. If you're a believer, you know that. Are you living it? If you're not a believer, if you haven't surrendered, if you're not surrendering daily, maybe you need to... Everybody's got something to surrender. i got something to surrender. We all, we all have things to give up. God just asks you to trust Him and to have faith and to... Ask him every day. Every day I try to... It's funny, Bobby says surrender is a position, it's a posture. When you surrender, when you give something up, you have to be humble. you got to get low and you got to say, God, this is yours. I'm giving it up to you. I try to ask him every day, God, how do I need to die to myself today? What do I need to give up? It's funny, some people, I used to even say this, well, God don't speak to me. God, speak, God spoke to me, I just didn't want to give up my sin, and he kept telling me the same thing, and I didn't want to hear it, so I just started saying, well, God don't speak to me. God will speak to you if you ask. And if there's something in the way of you clearly hearing him, he'll point that out to you first. In my case, he did anyway. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This, uh, this is a tough message because it's true. Because you know what you need to hear and you know what you need to do and you can't do it, right? Because you're not willing to surrender. It's tough for me. It's tough for you. But just know that if you ever give it up. God has some things for you that will last in eternity. And you can experience some of them right here on this earth. Uh, 
don't normally close this way, but uh, we're going to. It's the best way to summarize everything I've been trying to say. And it's something that Bobby said to me this morning and read to me this morning. And um, I have two daughters that are about this age, so it just makes it even harder. But something I ask Olivia because of a story I heard similar, and you'll be able to connect the dots as soon as I read this story. Is it worth giving up all your toys? Some of us men don't ever grow up and actually become men. We just are, are grown boys and we still like toys. They've just changed into different things. Maybe it's boats or trucks or guns or whatever. Is it worth giving up all your stuff and saying, God, I want whatever you have for me and I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what I got to give up. I'm tired of living like this. Some of you may have heard this story, but I happened to it this morning. It's called the Pearl Necklace. The cheerful girl with bouncy golden curls was almost five. Waiting for her mother at the checkout stand, she saw, she saw them, a circle of glistening white pearls in a pink foil box. Oh, please, Mommy, can I have them? Please, Mommy, please. Quickly, the mother checked back the back of the little full box and then looked back into the pleading blue eyes of her little girl's upturned face, $1.95. That's almost $2. If you really want them, I think, I'll think of some extra chores for you, and in no time you can save enough money to buy them for yourself. Your birthday's only a week away, and you might get another crisp dollar bill from Grandma. As soon as Jenny got home, she emptied her penny bank and counted out 17 pennies. After dinner, she did more than her share of chores and went, and she went to the neighbors and she asked Mrs. McJames if she could pick dandelions for 10 cents. And on her birthday, Grandma did give her another new dollar bill, and at last she had enough money to buy the necklace. Jenny loved her parents. They made her feel, Jenny loved her pearls. They made her feel dressed up and grown up. She wore them everywhere, Sunday school, kindergarten, even to bed. The only time she took them off is when she went swimming or had a bubble bath. Her mother said that if they got wet, they might turn her neck green. Jenny had a very loving daddy, and every night when she was ready for bed, he would stop whatever he was doing and come upstairs and read her story. And one night, he finished the story and asked Jenny, do you love me? Oh, yes, daddy. You know I love you. Then give me your pearls. Oh, no, daddy, not my pearls. You can have Princess, the white horse from my collection, the one with the pink tail. Remember, Daddy, the one you gave me? She's my favorite. That's okay, honey. Daddy loves you. Good night. And he brushed her cheek with a kiss. About a week later after story time, Jenny's dad asked again, Do you love me? Daddy, you know I love you. Then give me your pearls. Oh, Daddy, not my pearls. But you have my baby doll, the brand new one I got for my birthday. She is so beautiful that you can have the yellow blanket that matches her sleeper. That's okay. Sleep well. God bless you, little one. Daddy loves you. And as always, he brushed her cheek with a gentle kiss. A few nights later, her daddy came in, and Jenny was sitting on her bed with her legs crossed Indian style. As he came close, he noticed her chin was trembling 
and one silent tear rolled down her cheek. What is it, Jenny? What's the matter? Jenny didn't say anything, but lifted up her little hand up to her daddy, and when she opened it, there was her little pearl necklace. With a little quiver, she finally said, Here, Daddy, this is for you. With tears gathering in, her own, in his own eyes, Jenny's kind daddy reached out with one hand to take the dime store necklace, and with the other hand, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a blue velvet case with a strand of genuine pearls and gave them to Jenny. He had them all the time. He was just waiting for her to give up the dime store stuff so he could give her the genuine treasure. So it is with our Heavenly Father. He is waiting for us to give up the cheap things in our lives so that He can give us beautiful treasure. Isn't God good? Are you holding on to things which God wants you to let go of? Are you holding on to harmful or unnecessary partners or relationships or habits or activities which you have come so attached to that it seems impossible to let go. Sometimes it's so hard to see what's in the other hand. But do you believe this one thing? God will never take something away without giving you something better in His place. God did all that this morning. And uh, I had no idea. But you know what your pearls are. You know what you're holding on to. And just know that God has something better in store for you if you're willing, if you have faith. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I now, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us and giving, giving up your one and only son to save us. Dear Lord, you gave up your most prized and precious possession for us. Dear Lord, I pray that if there's anybody in here or anybody listening or that may listen, that doesn't know that, that doesn't know how much you love them, that doesn't know that they can be saved and freed and have those chains broken. I pray, dear Lord, that they would ask you, that they would submit, that they would surrender. I pray that if there's any believers that, that are holding on to something that they haven't been willing to let go of because of they're scared or of losing control or, or not knowing the outcome, dear Lord, I pray that they would just have faith and and give it over. Dear Lord, I just pray that right here in this moment, as this song is played, that we would just respond to, to whatever you have for us and know that it's good and it's lasting and it satisfies. I love you. Amen.